Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is I'm going to give you the three best verses on the rapture. The three very best verses on the rapture. Now, you got to remember, I've been studying prophecy for 40 years, four books, memorized the book of Revelation, and I also participated in a three-hour debate about the rapture. So I have thoroughly studied it. And I think you'll find these three verses settle the issue. The three best verses on the rapture. Okay. First of all, uh, for me to get to where you need to go here, to really understand it, there's a, a few questions I've got to answer up front. One is, what does the phrase, till the heavens be no more, what does that mean? Now, if you don't like to read the Bible, if you don't like Bible study, then go ahead and turn away because... That's what we're going to do today. The fifth seal, Revelation 6, 9. And when he opened the fifth seal, remember there's seven seals, and the audible voice of God told me that the seven seals play over seven years. The seven trumpets play over the last seven months. The seven vials play over the last seven days. So this is the fifth seal, which means it may be in the last year or two because there's nothing that says each seal plays one seal per year. As a matter of fact, uh, I think it's Vicki Parnell says that the first five seals are already opened. I think it's Terry Bennett that says that the first four seals open, and then Byron uh, uh, certainly says the first three seals are open. But the point is, if the first seal is opened, the tribulation has started. Okay, let's read it. And when he, meaning Jesus, opened the fifth seal, I saw unto the altar the souls of those who were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. They cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? In other words, these are martyrs saying, We want you to do something about these evil people on the earth that killed us. White robes were given to every one of them. Now, when do we get white robes? When's the very first time we get our white robes? The answer is at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we're going to talk about that. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season till our fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. So probably this is the fifth seal and it's taking place at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now we happen to know the marriage supper of the Lamb takes place about four months before Jesus returns. Remember where Jesus says there are four months and then the harvest? That's what he was talking about. Let's go on. Now let's jump to Psalm 75 two. When I shall receive the congregation. Okay. In other words, who's the congregation? That's the church. This is Psalms saying, David specifically, that the church is going to be received into Jesus when? And so he answers the question. When shall I receive the congregation? I will judge uprightly. The earth and all the inhabitants thereof are dissolved. What? Wait a minute. Doesn't that scripture right there... By the way, this is not one of the three scriptures. I've got several pages of scriptures to cover before we get to the three scriptures that we want to get to. But what it's saying is, Jesus will receive the congregation when? And that is, when the earth... And all of the inhabitants thereof are all dissolved. When does that happen? 
the last feast of trumpets, that is the day of Armageddon. Now, again, we're trying to answer the question, what does till the heavens be no more? What does that really mean? Isaiah 24, 19, the earth is utterly broken down. The earth is clean dissolved, and the earth is moved exceedingly. What does that mean, clean dissolved? It means that this world and everything in this world is all destroyed. And that's destroyed with the morning star. When Jesus goes with the breath of his nostrils, he brandishes his sword, and as it hits the earth, it removes all sin. It destroys everything on this earth. That's when the heavens are no more. It's not only the earth, but also the heavens are all destroyed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. So, the earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, and shall be removed like a cottage. I had to look that up. A cottage is like a hammock. In other words, that's what the earth does. It reels to and fro. When Jesus returns, that's what happens. And the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it, and it shall fall and not rise again. Meaning, the old earth does not rise again. He makes a new heaven and a new earth where dwelleth righteousness. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones or the proud ones or the evil ones that are on high in the kings of the earth. And they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered into the pit at Armageddon. That's the reason the Euphrates River is dried up so the way of the kings might be established. And shall be shut up in prison after many days they shall be visited. And the moon shall be confounded. That means the moon turns red. And the sun ashamed. The sun turns red, but again, eventually it turns black as sackcloth. When the Lord of hosts, in other words, when the flame of the sun is turned off by one of the angels, of course, it does not go black immediately. Now, outer space is minus 450 degrees. So when the sun loses its flame about three days before Jesus returns, it takes a little while for it to just, it doesn't just turn black. Okay, so first, from the the yellow it is, it then begins to cool. At 450 degrees minus, it cools quickly, but it's a very, very large sun. So it then goes to red, but again, eventually, it is all dissolved. The heavens and the earth are all dissolved, and he makes a new heaven and a new earth. What we're talking about is the next time Jesus returns is here on First Fruits, and I'm going to answer that for you, too. He walks around with the 50 excuse me, with the 144,000 one-year-old Israeli boys. He walks around for 50 days. Then on Pentecost, we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Four months later, we return with Jesus here on, at the day of the Lord for the Feast of Trumpets, which is the judgment seat of Christ. Now, that's all I want to cover right now. So, till the heavens be no more, uh, it takes place on the last Feast of Trumpets. Here it is as you look at the seven seals. Okay, there's Seven seals play from one to the end. Seven trumpets the last seven months. Seven vials play the last seven days. So till the heavens be no more is talking about it right here. Now, more scriptures. Second Peter 3.10 But the day, by the way, I'll show you the scripture. The day of the Lord is just that. It's less than 24 hours. In the evening they are, in the morning they are not. I'll show you the scripture. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away. Again, the sun, the moon, and stars, all gone. They're dissolved. Heaven shall pass away with a great noise, with the elements shall melt with fervent heat. 
and the earth and the works there are there that are therein shall be burned up. So the, the sun, the moon, the stars, the heavens, the earth, the face of the earth, it's all burned up. Seeing then that all these things should be dissolved, and I'll show you another scripture in just a second. Dissolved means that's exactly it. There is no more sun. There is no moon, moon. There is no more stars. All gone. Dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting to the coming of the day of the Lord, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved. Sun, moon, stars, all gone. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Again, we're trying to answer the question, when does the scripture, the heavens be no more, when is that fulfilled? Because that's a really, really big key. Point number one I'm trying to make is, heavens be no more happens the last day of the tribulation or Armageddon or the day of the Lord. Now, next question. What is the full wrath of the Lord? Because a lot of pre-tribbers want to say, oh, well, the wrath, that's the seven-year tribulation. Some people want to say, oh, wrath is the last three years of tribulation. Some people say, well, the wrath is the last 100 days. Others say the final day or Armageddon is the day of the Lord, and that is the wrath of the Lord. So what is the, the wrath of the Lord? And I have to say, I had to... <laughs> several hours of research to come up with the actual scriptural proof to show you what is the wrath of the Lord. Job 19.29 Be ye afraid of the sword. From wrath bringeth the punishments of the sword that you may know that there is a judgment. So the day of wrath is one day. That the wicked is reserved to the day of destruction. They shall be brought forth to the day of wrath. So it's one day. I'll show you another scripture too. Fire devours or consumes all the sinners. Psalm 21, 9. Thou shalt make them as a fiery oven in the time of thine anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath. The fire shall devour them. Psalm 59, 13. Consume them in wrath. Consume them that they may not be. In other words, it, it destroys both body and soul instantly. It's called the morning star, and when that hits the center, when it hits the earth, it cleanses the earth of all sin. It goes to the center of the earth, sets the foundations, the mountains on fire, the hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, or the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The hills melt like water running down a steep place. As it hits the center, they fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones. As it hits us, if we were alive, or if we had just come out of the grave, or if we were riding one of the horses back behind Jesus when he's coming back, wherever we are, as he hits us, out of our belly flows rivers of living water, and just that quick, it's flame on. Just that quick for us, eternity starts. We get our glorified bodies, we get all of our, uh, our garments, whatever that may be for all eternity, all of our, our crowns, our mantles, we, all of it, all we're all judged in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. Psalm fifty-nine, thirteen: Consume them in wrath. Again, we're trying to answer the question now. What is the wrath? Is that seven years, three and a half years, hundred days, or the day? Consume them in wrath. Consume them that they may not be and let them know. Skip down. Psalm eighty-nine, forty-six says, The wrath burns like fire. I'm going to move a little faster now. So here it's saying wrath is like a flood. 
Before the mountains were brought forth, or even thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from the everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Skip down. A thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday in its past. Thou carriest them away as a flood, not a flood of water, a flood of fire. As they sleep, in the morning it flourisheth, and groweth up in the evening it is cut down, and wherewith, meaning, all the sinners are removed from the planet in less than 24 hours. Skipping down, all our days are passed away in thy wrath. So, in the wrath of the Lord, time stops. All of our days of the past are all gone. For us, time stops. Now, it doesn't stop for the nations. Those are the people that did not receive the mark of the beast, but they didn't take, uh, excuse me, (laughs) they didn't receive the mark of the beast, but they didn't receive Jesus either. They are the corners not harvested. They're allowed to live up to a thousand years or upon their first sin at which a morning star judge shows up, hits them with a morning star, they fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones. Let's go on. Wrath. On the, if, when wrath is, there'll be a bunch of dead bodies, what it's going to say. The Lord of the right hand shall strike through the kings in the day of his wrath. He who judge among the heathen, he shall fill the places with dead bodies. So, when it's talking about his wrath, his final wrath, there'll be a bunch of dead bodies. Also, the land will be darkened. People are full. People are the fuel. When that morning star hits the sinners, it burns them like just a blink, and they're gone. <laughs> they're not burning for five or ten minutes. It's like in a microsecond. Through the wrath of the Lord of hosts is the land darkened, and the people shall be as the fuel of fire. Wrath destroys all sinners. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. So, when he's talking about wrath, he's not talking about seven years. He's not talking about three and a half years. He's not talking about a hundred days. He's talking about less than 24 hours, one day. And in the day of his wrath, all of the sinners, that's what the Bible says, all the sinners on the earth will be destroyed. And the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. Why? Because they're all dissolved. The sun shall be darkened, it's going forth. The moon shall not cause their light to find. Why? Because they're all dissolved. I will shake the heavens and the earth also remove out of place. Remember, like a hammock, okay? In the wrath of the Lord and in the day, day of his fierce anger. If it's the day of wrath, the earth will tremble. Jeremiah 10.10. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting king. At his wrath, the earth shall tremble. And the nation shall not be able to abide his indignation. That's his anger. Now, wrath is also the day that they will cast their silver into the streets. They shall cast their silver into the streets, and their gold shall be removed. Their silver and their gold shall not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. So, the wrath is one day. These are the things that happen. Jesus is the day. It's the day Jesus blows his fire down. Ezekiel twenty-one thirty-one. I will pour out my anger upon thee. I will blow against thee in the fire of my wrath. Ezekiel twenty-two twenty-one. I will gather you and blow upon you in the fire of my wrath, and you shall be melted in the midst thereof, Ezekiel 22:31. Therefore, I pour out my indignation upon them. I've consumed them with the fire of my wrath. So, if we're talking about the day, or if we're talking about wrath, we're not talking about seven-year tribulation. 
See, the folks that believe in a pre-trib rapture, those people that have been taught a pre-trib rapture, says, oh, well, we don't, uh, we are not appointed wrath to, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, which is true. But then they say the seven-year tribulation is the wrath. Others say the last three and a half years is the wrath. So we don't have to go through that. Others say the last 100 days is the wrath of the Lord. So what is the wrath? That's, that's the whole point I'm trying to make. The answer is the wrath is his morning star. Let's go on. Wrath, sixth seal, sun black, moon blood, stars fall, heaven departs. Revelation 6.12. And I beheld when he opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. The sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. Why? Because the sun's flame has gone out, and the sun is beginning to cool. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth, even a fig tree cast the earth untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. In other words, all of the heavens are just dissolved. When Jesus blows that morning star down, it removes the heavens, sun, moon, and stars. It burns the earth, goes to the center of the earth. It removes all sin, and he, there's the old heaven and the old, old earth are gone. He makes a new heaven and a new earth, and that new heaven is now on earth. And the kings of the earth are great men, rich men, chief captains, mighty men, every bondman, every free man, hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sat upon the throne, from the wrath, from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day, the one single 24-hour period of his wrath has come. And who should be able to stand? Now, when I was in that uh, three-hour debate on the rapture, someone quoted Luke twenty-one forty-six: Watch ye therefore and pray always, that you might be accounted worthy to escape these things and to stand before the Son of Man. And they said, so we can escape. And I said, well, you've you got to understand that that verse, in order to understand it, you've got to understand what the word stand means. And I quoted this verse. Because when it says stand, it's not saying watch you therefore and pray always that you might be accounted worthy to escape the seven-year tribulation. It's saying watch you therefore and pray always that you might be accounted worthy to escape the burning or the wrath or the morning star or when he blows the morning star down. That's what you want to escape. Because if you don't escape that, that hits you and it destroys both body and soul. You don't go to hell. You fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones, destroying both body and soul. You want to avoid that. Wrath is also the day of the Lord, and it is one day. Here's the big verse that shows it's one day. Isaiah 17, 14. And behold, at evening tide trouble, and before the morning he is not. In other words, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, Jesus blows the morning star down. Now, at one of the... Uh, one of the crusades had one of the brothers walk up and say, okay, so you say that the morning star burns the people to a pile of bones, ashes and bones, right? And I said, that's right. He said, well, then what about the blood rising to the horse's bridles by the space of 1,600 furlongs? And I said, well, yeah, I got an answer for it. I said, there's also two angels that return with him, and they have sharp sickles. They slash the grapes. That brings the next question. So what's the difference between the tares and the grapes? Okay, tares live among the wheat. The wheat are the Christians. The tares look like Christians. They sit on the pew next to Christians. 
and you can't tell the tares from the wheat until the harvest because in the harvest the wheat has fruit so it bends over and the wheat is like this during harvest time but the tares they stand up like this so the farmer can in those days can spot the tares real easy they stand up so he just walks through his field and pulls all the tares out binds them in bundles casts them into the fire then he gathers his wheat or the Christians into the barn. Now, does wheat grow among grape vineyards? No, it doesn't. So the grape vineyards represent the nations that have nothing to do with Jesus. And there's none or to next to none in terms of Christians. And there, the angels there just return with the sharp sickles and they slash the grapes. And the grapes are, are and he gathered the vine and tossed them into the wine presses, trodden without the city. Now let's go on. What is the full wrath of the Lord? So back to my question. Is it the last seven years? The last three and a half years? The last 100 days? The correct answer is it is the final day. Armageddon, day of the Lord. Now I still haven't got to the three verses yet, but that's coming. So next question is, what does it mean when it says, till my change come? What change? So we jump to 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty-nine. All flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another flesh of fishes, another flesh of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, and one star differeth from another star in glory. Now, what's he saying? He's about to get to it. So also is the resurrection of the dead. That's what he's talking about, the resurrection of the dead. When does that happen? Well, that is the question. It is sown in corruption or filth or in a body that sweats and dies and lies and cheats. It is sown in corruption, but is raised in incorruption. Meaning, when we get our new body, a new glorified body, we can't sin. We never hunger, we never die, we never thirst. Uh, neither the sunlight nor the rainy heat for the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed us and lead us in the living fountains of water and God shall wipe away all tears from His eyes. Now, it is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. There's more. It is sown in a natural body we're in now. It is raised in a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there's also a spiritual body. So it is written that the first Adam was made in a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. How be it that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual? The first man is of earth, earthy. The second man is, is, the Lord from, is like the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they that are also earthy, and is the heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. What's it saying? It's saying we don't live in a mud body when we go to heaven. We have to have new wine, put into a new wineskin, else it will break the old wineskin. In other words, this is what it's saying. Brethren, the flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of heaven, neither does corruption or sin inherit in corruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all change, but we shall all be, excuse me, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. How many trumps are there? There's seven trumps. So this is telling us when this happens at the seventh trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. 
That's when we get our glorified body. For this incorruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So in this corruption shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The victory is when we come out of the grave, we get a glorified body. Now, let's go on. So here's my summary. We're about to get to the three verses. Point number three, the heavens be no more. This is my third point. What is third point? Third point is Armageddon is the last day. Feast of trumpets, heavens rolls back like a scroll. Heavens are dissolved. Wrath. Let's go back and review. The wrath is like a fire sword. Burns like a fiery oven. Burns heaven, sun, moon, stars go dark. Land dark and thick darkness. It burns the earth. Sinners of people are all burned. Heavens and earth shake. Heavens roll like a scroll. Silver is cast into the street. Earth is filled with dead bodies. That's wrath. Wrath is not seven years. Wrath is not three and a half years. Wrath is not a hundred days. Wrath is in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last or the seventh trump. Till my change come. I'm about to get to the verses here. Resurrection to the dead. Till my change come is corruption, sinful, or an incorruptible or a holy body. The mud body is changed to a spirit body. Essentially, that's what it's saying. It's the victory of the grave. Now, here are the three best verses on the rapture. If you understand these other three things we just talked about, these are going to be easy. So the three best verses, here they are. Job 14, 12, 13, and 14. So Job, now who's Job? Uh, there's the three holiest men in the Old Testament was Job, Daniel, and I drew a blank. But Job is one of them. So man layeth down and riseth not till the heavens be no more. When are the heavens no, no more? At the seventh trump. They shall not awake. <laughs> in other words, no one's coming out of the grave unless you go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And I'm about to talk about that. Nor be raised out of the sleep, O oh, that thou wouldest hide me in the grave, that thou wouldest keep me secret until thy wrath be passed. Again, the wrath is the morning star. That thou wouldest appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. So the heavens no more, the wrath, and our changed body all happens on this day, right out here, Armageddon, right here. This is the sixth seal. This is the seventh seal. It all happens right out here. Now, another way to look at this is Jesus returns the next time on first fruits. He comes down in a lamb body, uh, Acts 131 or something like that, I think it is. Comes down in a lamb body. Remember the angels say, you men of Galilee, why stand you looking at heaven? This same Jesus that has risen shall also return in like manner. He left in a lamb body, just had some fish with the disciples. He's coming back in a lamb body. He will sit down on the Mount of um, Zion, which is about a 30-minute walk from Mount of Olives. So then when he returns out here for the Feast of Trumpets, he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives. So this is the Zion return. This is the Olive return. He sets his foot down on Mount of Zion. He resurrects 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys. They walk around with him for 50 days. Then he resurrects the barley harvest, which is the Jews, and the wheat harvest, which is the Christians. They go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. 
Jesus come forth and serves us. He is then taken before the Ancient of Days, is given uh, dominion, glory, and a kingdom. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is that which shall not be destroyed. Then, four months later, he and us are given white horses, and we ride back on the white horses. And that's when he blows with the breath of his nostrils, he brandishes his sword, he throws down the morning star, and it cleanses the earth, sets the foundation of the mountains on fire, the sun, moon, and the stars are all dissolved. He makes a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Now, let me point something else out. Let's look at voice, wrath, darkness, and trumpet as it relates to the two big verse sets about the rapture. First big verse set. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Okay, notice that word shout. With the voice of the archangel with the trump of God. What voice? What trump? The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Now, are those clouds nice white cumulus clouds? Or are those dark clouds? We will ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. These are the three verses that people have been taught pre-trib stand on. They stand on these verses saying this proves that there's going to be a pre-trib rapture and I'm about to pull the rug right out from under. Then we go to, uh, this is talking about shout, voice, and trump. Now we go to uh, the last day, another set of verses. And if you look at this, but should raise him up again the last day. I will raise him up the last day. I'll raise him up the last day. I'll raise him up the last day. The resurrection is the last day. I will judge him the last day. What is the last day? <laughs> it's the seventh trump. Okay, so that's uh, two. Or, that's six verses right there that pulls the rug out from under a pre-trib rapture. Just doesn't happen that way. Now let me show you the next one. Now let's notice the words voice, wrath, darkness, and trumpet. Zephaniah 1.14. For the great day of the Lord, remember that's one day, less than 24 hours, is near. Is near and hasteth greatly. Even the voice, now notice this voice, the voice, this is the same voice as this voice, okay? Okay, so it says, Even the voice of the day of the Lord, the mighty man shall cry there bitterly. That that day is the day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of wageness, desolation, and darkness. Why darkness? Because the flame of the, of the sun went out three days before. It went out on the fifth vile. And gloominess the day of clouds. See, those clouds are not nice, white, cumulus clouds. It's a day of desolation, darkness, gloominess, a day of clouds, and thick darkness. Why? Because the sun went out 72 hours before. See, this is correct teaching, if you can receive it. A day of the trumpet. There's your trumpet. It's the seventh trumpet. An alarm against the fenced cities, against the high towers. I will bring distress upon men that they shall walk like blind men because they have sinned against the Lord. Why will they walk like a blind man? Because the sun got seven times hotter, Isaiah 30, verse 26. Like blind men, because they are sinned against the Lord and their blood shall be poured out as dust and their flesh as dung. Neither their silver, the second time we heard about that, nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. Day of the Lord's wrath. But the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy. And he shall make even a speedy riddance of all of them that dwell in the land. Speedy riddance in one day, less than one day. So what we're talking about is these are the seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials. Jesus returns the last time to the Mount of Olives here. 
but he returns out here to Mountain Zion. About four months later, he returns here. Got it? Now, let's talk about the wedding. We get our wedding garments at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Matthew 22, 2. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son. Skipping to 12, verse 12. Friend, how came you in not having a wedding garment? He was speechless. I'm not getting into that. I'm not, not the point I'm trying to make. Matthew 25, 10 says, And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready, ready, you've got to be ready if you want to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, which is about four months before Armageddon. Those that were ready went into, into the marriage, and the door was shut. Now, how do we know that the marriage supper takes place on Pentecost? That's a very good question. In the third month, go to Exodus 19. In the third month, when the children of Israel gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day they came to Rephidim, I skipped that verse here, and they, he says, Tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I brought you out on eagles' wings, I brought you into myself, and if you will, and he skips and he says, This is the marriage vow. If you will obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you will be peculiar treasure above all the people. And all the people have spoken, they said, will do. And I think in the marriage vows, that's where we get, do you accept this woman to be your lovely wedded wife? And we say, I do. Okay, I think it's the same words that came from there. In other words, the only feast in the third month of all of the feasts, the only one is the Feast of Pentecost. That's how we know the marriage supper takes place on Pentecost. Where is Pentecost? It's Right out here, first fruits, first fruits, Pentecost. Now, or another way to look at it, this is first fruits, and here's Pentecost. We go to the marriage supper of the Lamb on Pentecost. So I made my point there. So the heavens rolled back like a scroll there. Now, a couple more verses. Proverbs nineteen twelve says, The king's wrath is as a roaring lion. See, when Jesus returns, let me back up here. He returns on first fruits. He comes down. He left in a lamb body. He comes down in a lamb's body. But four months later, after he goes to the marriage supper of the lamb, he changes from becoming the lamb of God to become the king of kings and lord of lords. He changes from the lamb to become the lion of the tribe of Judah. He, he changes from becoming the prince of the kings of the earth to become the king of kings and lord of lords. So here he is king of kings and lord of lords. Here he is the lion, and that's the reason the king's wrath is as a roaring lion. That's, I think, the last point that I want to make. My point is, if you've been taught that there is a pre-trib rapture, if you want to continue to believe that, then you can. But if you're wanting to really know what the Bible says, how it really happens, I've just told you. There is not going to be a pre-trib. There's not going to be a mid-trib. There's not going to be a rapture at all to protect the people from any kind of testing. We all go through a testing. I believe that when we do go out, it's right here, which is about four months before Jesus. So Jesus returns here to the Mount of Zion, walks around for 50 days. We go with him to the marriage supper of the Lamb. 50 days later, he returns with us in tow, riding a white horse on Mount of Olives. That's the way it really happens. I am having another level two. Level two, School of the Watchman's Conference, and I'm calling this a teacher's course. 
It's going to be September 15 and 16. You can go to prophecyclub.com, and it'll tell you all of the details about it. And it gives you all of the requirements. I'll let you read that online. However, the big question is, you're going to be saying, well, what's the difference between level one and level two? Well, lots. Level one was primarily reading through most of the book of Revelation and teaching it. That's not be level two. Yes, we will do some reading. But this one is designed to make you a teacher of Bible prophecy, which, by the way, our office wants to know if you went through level one and if you have taught or have been invited to teach from the book of Revelation and you went through level one, send me an email. I'd like to know that. I know there's been at least one. I think there's two, maybe more. Anyway, I'd like to know. So level two is to teach you to the point to where you can be qualified to actually teach the book of Revelation. Now, I'm going to tell you right up front, we're going to have a level three, God willing. And in that one, I'm going to require people to memorize the book of Revelation to come to level three. And so there's going to be one year's difference between level two and level three. It took me a year to memorize it. So I figure it'll take you a year to memorize it. Some of you may even faster. So go to prophecyclub.com, and it'll give you all the details, tells you all about some of the difficult questions and things like that we're going to cover in Level 2. Level 2 is going to get you real close to being a, a qualified teacher of Revelation. But by the time you get through Level 3, having memorized the book, pastor's going to listen to you. And that's where we're going with this. Terry Saka with CornerstoneAssetMetals.com. So what's going on in the world of finances? Why should they call today? Well, China has laid out in a speech a few weeks ago exactly what they think of the United States. I haven't seen that in my 55 years. With China and Russia forming these reserve currencies, new reserve currency, we better be prepared because that dollar is going to be in deep trouble and we're going to need assets to protect us from it. CornerstoneAssetMetals.com. Call them or go online, cornerstoneassetmetals.com, or call them at 888-747-3309, 888-747-3309. Today, we live in unsettling times. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do when food is no longer on the shelves? I'm Leslie, owner and founder of Joseph's Kitchen, and I want to show you how to make healthy, homemade, whole wheat bread for only a few hundred dollars a year. At Joseph's Kitchen, our ingredients have been packaged for immediate use or long-term storage. Go to josephskitchen.com or call the number on your screen to order today. Don't get caught unprepared. Go to josephskitchen.com now. Next is, I'll send you to empshield.com. If you use the promo word prophecy, you get a $50 discount. What is that? Well, it looks like this. This is the one that goes into a car, okay? And you put the red wire to the red side of the battery. You put the black wire to the black side of the battery. And the green one attaches to the body of the car. Then you peel it off right back here. Just peel that off. Stick it inside of the, 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 the engine compartment of your car. And the whole point is when the electricity goes off or when some kind of a suitcase nuclear, nuclear device goes off, this is supposed to be able to stop that device from destroying every computer chip in your car. Because if every computer chip is destroyed in your car these days, you couldn't possibly replace them all. Throw the car away. So, empshield.com, promo code 
Prophecy.